At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. It's the Killer Bees, and that means you have no idea what's happening next. Could it be the next great food debate? A Joel rant for the ages? An extra bad take from Joe? Or maybe Jeremy will call for a bounty gate on someone? Well, let's find out. It's time for the Wheel of Bits. Oh, my goodness, would you look at this. What an enormous bit. Let's play start, sit, cut. Sit, start, sit, cut. I heard it this time. Somebody tweeted in and said, we forgot the 49ers from Purdy. Great call. That Great is call. a good call, yeah. That's the best. That's the one at the top of the list. That's our bad. We we uh, we miss Purdy. We miss San Francisco. All of you that are texting in, that are tweeting in, you're 100% right. San Francisco's one. I'd say the Texans are two. Though. I think Texans are a clear-cut two. I'd say the Texans two. are yeah. two. All right, so start, sit, cut is what I heard, Joe. That's yes. accurate. Start, bench cut. Start, bench cut. Start, bench cut. Start, sit, cut. Same thing. I guess it is the same thing. You're right. I'll take the L on this one, too. All right, what are we doing today? Who who we start sitting and cutting? Uh, we're going to go through some running backs here uh, in free agency. So we got three running backs, start, sit, cut. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Devin Singletary. I like this one. So it's pretty easy to me. Uh, I don't think Derrick Henry fits at all. I'm going to cut Derrick Henry, and, and I think that – there is probably a good spot for a landing spot for him somewhere. It's just not Houston. I think Singletary did a lot of good things. So I'm going to keep him on the roster, but I'm going to sit him and I'm going to start Saquon Barkley because I believe that unlike a lot of these running backs that are trying to get big contracts, it could be it could be good, it could be bad, but I don't think there's a lot of tread that's worn off those tires. The injuries maybe a blessing in disguise. He's got a ton of talent. He's still got speed. Uh, he, he's versatile. He can catch the football out of the backfield. Um, he can get you some tough yards, too. I, 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 would, I would go Saquon Barkley as, as my starter. I would sit Singletary, and I would cut Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree. As much as I hate agreeing with Blankers, I'm gonna have to agree on this one. Um, now, I have heard some discuss Derrick Henry being better in the zone blocking scheme than most people give him credit for. Um, he's not. I'm not picking him over Saquon here. But if the Texans ultimately landed Derrick Henry on a pretty bargain veteran type of deal, like I'm not going to be mad at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just added Derrick Henry. I ain't going to be mad at that. You kidding? And I think that Derrick Henry still has a little bit more in the tank than uh, maybe the average person does. So I wouldn't be mad at a Derrick Henry. I want to make sure that I, you know, put that on put that on tape now. Put that on the put that out there right this second. Uh, but Saquon Barkley like very much intrigues me. Uh, the salary for Saquon Barkley is something that I'm curious about. Like, but running backs don't really get paid a ton anymore. So if you sign Saquon on like this thirty-three million three-year deal, or maybe that third year, you can kind of get out of it if in case like he's hurt or anything like that. Um, I'm 
I'm pretty intrigued by that idea, and I think he's the best of these three, in my opinion. So I'm also going to start Saquon Barkley. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. There were so many times this year where C.J. Stroud had a check down and for whatever reason didn't take it. It's one thing that I want to see him do more often is use the check down more often. And if you have Saquon Barkley as a check down option, that's something that intrigues me. It's why I don't hate the idea of Austin Eckler because he can catch the ball and run with it. But Saquon Barkley is my start. Because I don't want to pay two running backs, give me a sit for Devin Singletary. Plus, he was really good. I don't. I want him to be your number two running back. I don't want him to leave. Uh, so give me Devin Singletary as my sit. And cutting Derrick Henry, even though I do like him more than most. Joe? See, Saquon Barkley is interesting because, like, we got the first report today of a team being wanting to bring him in and use him heavily. And that was the, was the report is the Chargers. Like Harbaugh already is identifying Saquon Barkley as someone that can come in, run the ball, catch the ball from Herbert. And it, I think he's the one guy in this offseason that's going to get paid. So I'm going to cut Saquon Barkley. I've officially declared mm. I'm out on Saquon Barkley. Because he's going to make too much? I think he's going to make too much. Um, where's your, too where's much your, where do you what? draw the line? Yeah, where do, you, where do you draw the line on him specifically? Ten? Okay, like I, because I, I think that's the most he gets a year is ten. He might get so if 11. he gets thirty three for three, yeah, he might get eleven. Would you yeah, not like that. Yeah, Aaron I, Jones I, is making twelve. I, I think Saquon could at least get eleven. Yeah, yeah, I think I think if it's anything over ten, I'm out on Saquon. I just I don't think Josh Josh Jacobs could be close to that. But like Eckler, Pollard, Henry, I don't I don't really don't like Pollard. I just kind of lump Josh him into Jacobs that because he got franchise this year too and i know he held out and everything josh jacobs and he wouldn't fit here anyway but josh jacobs i don't know if he's gonna get that much yeah i just i I think saquon's gonna make too much with where this team's at like with the holes they have to fill the amount of guys that are free agents i'm not investing 10 million dollars into saquon barkley when you can get singletary and someone else and i think you still have positive production you don't think you'd be better off with saquon when when uh was adamant and hell-bent on upgrading the running the running game I just not for that much money. Like I think you have too many holes elsewhere to like invest that much money into running back means you're going to invest less at like corner or trying to find a new safety yep. to replace Jimmy Ward. So uh, I'd be mine will be start Derrick Henry, uh, sit Devin Singletary, cut Saquon. So what do you um, what are you figuring that Henry gets? I think like half that. You about like six or whatever five five. Yeah, or six. I just he he has he's run Let me so pull much. Up the projections on this. I, I don't think he's going to get. A big contract. I, I think a lot of teams are going to be hard pressed to, to start him full time. Yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to get a, a full time contract. And I do think like his interviews with Bustin, with the boys, with uh, Will Compton and Taylor Lewan was interesting. He does talk more about, you know, I've made my money, and like like I want to win. And I, I could see him go to Dallas. I, I, I could I, really I, see him going to Dallas. Well, if he wants to win, time. if he wants to win, he probably knows that's not the best idea. But like I, I, think, I wonder if Derrick Henry at the at this point in his career would focus more on, you know, the winning because he's already gotten paid I think at least once. But remember now, Jura said he's all in this year in Dallas. If all in means I'm gonna add, uh, I'm gonna add Derrick Henry and something else. Yeah. Here are some things that support Joe's case. Maybe I feel bad for him because of the whole Laramie thing. Saquon Barkley was under four yards per carry this year, three point nine. Derrick Henry was over four yards per carry at 4.2. Derrick Henry had 12 touchdowns. You know how much value do you put in that? Uh, Saquon Barkley had six touchdowns on the year. You look at their Spotrac projected salaries. Derrick Henry projected at under four and a half million for one year. Now you get to free agency. You're probably a little bit higher than your market value. 
uh, but it listed at 4.3, and for Saquon it listed 9.9, but on a three-year deal where Derrick Henry's on a one-year deal. So can I push yeah, back I mean, at that? That would be from that the would start? be half of the salary, and Henry had a more productive year. I understand the half the salary part. Can I push back on the fact the Giants' offensive line was just hot garbage? It was trash. How were the Titans? It depends on what point in the year. I mean, it wasn't great either, but I'm just saying the Giants, I mean, we, we, when they forced us to watch them on national TV, I mean, everyone was running, the, running for their life on every play, no matter what play they called. Yeah. I, I think that Henry also gets a bad rap for not being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Like, I don't think he's, like, fluid at it, and not nearly as much as Saquon, obviously. But Henry caught 28 passes last year and 33 the year before that with a team that doesn't throw it very much. But you're right. But I also think the other the knock on the other side, they think that he was a battering ram that has taken a, a ton of abuse over the last several years. When especially when Tannehill was terrible, and they just kept turning around and handing it to him, and he just kept getting the hell beat out of him. Yet he ran for more yards per carry than Saquon did. Okay. Like, see, I, I think Henry that, never in his life has been under four yards per carry. Derrick Henry ever. is a physical specimen. Saquon's I, done it two of the last three years. I think he's still athletic. I, I just. Uh, my my thing is just that I, I think the offensive line was better. I don't know how much, but I think it was better in Tennessee than it was the Giants. But I think Saquon's got a lot more left in the tank and a lot more versatility than Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a short-term move, I think, regardless. But, like, well, it, you'd like it to be a short-term move regardless, but it's not with Saquon. Like, like if you look at Saquon's career, I just I don't think it's going to hold up o- over time. And it does seem like, you know, it hasn't really been elite since his – First two years in the league, he hasn't rushed over four yards per carry only once since 2019. He did it last year in 2022. I just if he's three years, 33 million, it's just it's too much. Like for a guy that like does have an injury history, who doesn't have the production all the time, who frankly just kind of feels like one of the more overhyped players in the NFL. I do love Saquon, but yeah, I just I'm not paying that much money to a running back whose production is like that when I can get someone whose production is better for half the price. And I think you can get Singletary and Henry for cheaper than you can get one Saquon. You probably, you, I was going to say, you, to your point, you probably can get both of them for the price of, of Saquon. Yeah. Where do you guys fit? Yeah, that is, um, that, I mean, you're right. Like, maybe, maybe Saquon takes you out of the, like, ability to bring Singletary in too. Eight six six four Saquon was unreliable for my fantasy team. I'll pass on him. <laughs> that was Ocho. Triple zero two, he seems like he would be a short yardage or third down guy. He's probably talking about Henry. Henry, yeah. Um what were you saying, Joe? Well, if we changed out uh Saquon and we and we bring in another running back who's kind of fallen off, you know, Cliff, but a little older. I, I know you said Eckler, but like if it was Eckler mm-hmm. and, and Derrick Henry, that debate I like, would take Henry. I would take Henry over Eckler. Would you? Eckler's cliff was yeah. steep. Seems like. Yeah, I mean Henry's a better runner. Like people, and people were acting like Henry was receiver. chopped liver last year, and he was not. Like Derrick Henry was still a good runner last year. Like you don't run for four yards per carry and stink. Like he and, and watching him play because I I'd watched him play pretty closely, especially when Levis took over, uh, and then watching him whenever he played the Texans. Like the, I know he didn't have a good game the first time. Like he still has some juice. Yeah. I, I, you're right. I mean, look, it's unfair to just crap on Derrick Henry because the Texans just loaded the box and dared someone d- dared Will Levis to beat them when they played them in Tennessee. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get. Look I, again. I think Derrick Henry is an unbelievable athlete, and he still when he gets in the open field too, he still's plenty speedy for a guy that's that size. 
I just don't think he'd be a great fit in this uh, in this offensive system. Yeah, I've read some things where he's a better fit in the zone blocking scheme than than like we we think because like he, I don't know exactly why. Like he's better at the one cut, sees the hole, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I still lean Saquon, but I don't I don't hate Joe's idea because I don't think that you can bring back Singletary if you do sign Saquon. So it's more, do you want? Let's say you, I mean, you're going to keep a fourth running back, but let's just say your top three, and assuming you keep Pierce, would you rather have Henry, or I'm sorry, would you rather have Barkley, a fourth round running back, and Damian Pierce, and then maybe like a like a Mike Boone type that just fills out your room, or would you rather have Saquon, or I'm sorry, would you rather have Henry, Singletary, Pierce, and then that fourth string running back? I think option two is probably better. Yeah. Because at least you keep a guy that's Singletary that you know fits the system, that you know had success, that you can trade off if you have to. And again, to the point that was made a couple of days ago about, you know, he stayed fresh because early in the season he wasn't taking a lot of abuse or getting those carries. Fair. But if you have a guy that you can hand the ball off to like Derrick Henry too, and Derrick Henry also benefits from not having to take the full load of every carry at the running back position – and you can possibly draft someone too. I'm I'm all for that. I don't think there's a wrong answer. Like I I, I like both options. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I can't believe it, but I actually have a take based on the NFL skills competition. Yeah, me who doesn't like the skills competition actually have a take based off of it. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. 0-3-1-5. Get an offensive line that can run block and Singletary and Pierce will be fine. Mm, maybe one of them. I'm, I'm out on Pierce. Yeah, me too. I'm out on Pierce. One five zero nine. Dang it! I hate to agree with a guy who says Lamar Jackson is similar to Peyton Manning, but it's a very frugal and savvy running back game plan. So that Joseph, one's for you there, Joe. After you compared <laughs> Lamar, it's <laughs> the beauty of doing what we do, Joe. It's not really what Context I said, but thank team. you for agreeing with me. For not oh so Saquon can score an 80 yard touchdown. What other free agent running back can do that? I'm say most of them. Yeah, I don't think most gonna, of them have it in their bag that are capable. But I would agree that Saquon's the more likely to bust out and have a crazy, ridiculous, uh, outstanding run. So I, I can't believe this, but I actually have a take based on the NFL skills competition. They call it talent. Call it uh, being a content king. Uh, call it being the most entertaining man in sports. Ra- I call it whatever you want. That's up to you to decide. Uh, but, yeah, I have a take based on the NFL skills competition. Now, I didn't watch it. Are you kidding me? I didn't watch it. Uh, but I saw, some of the, uh, I saw some of it on Twitter. I saw the Houston Texans posting the Stroud uh, part of it. Now, w- what I found interesting here, and what's the irony, and this is where the, the take kind of was born, is that C.J. Stroud did well in the precision passing competition, which of all the, of all the skills competition, this one is my favorite. I do like a good little quarterback challenge. And Stroud finished second to Baker Mayfield, I believe. He did. Um, now, what I found interesting here was that Stroud did really well, and this, the game is actually called precision passing. 
And whenever I saw that, I was like, that word sounds familiar. And I was like, where did I hear that? Oh, yeah, that was Bobby Slowick before the draft last year talking about how they wanted an offense that's built on precision when he was discussing the quarterback position. Take a listen. Bobby Slowick, Blankers, mm-hmm. I think tipped his hand yesterday, and I think we can cross a certain quarterback, rookie quarterback, first-round rookie quarterback, off the Houston Texans big board completely. Bobby Slowick was meeting with the media. The two coordinators were meeting with the media for the first time uh, yesterday in Houston. And Bobby Slowick talked about the Houston Texans offense, and I think, <laughs> at least the way that I'm interpreting it, that he – is out, and the Texans are out on a certain rookie QB. Take a listen. It's not any one position. It's kind of the whole unit, how it all fits together. Um, You know, we kind of take a top-down view, but how we see everything working together is, uh, you know, we're we're an offense built on precision. Um, Everybody kind of working together in unison, on time, in rhythm. That's the starting point. But it's not any one given position. We see how it all fits. There you go. Bobby Slowick tipped their hand. Now, what we didn't know, we should have known, was that they were going to sol- – and, and D'Amico tipped his hand too. We needed a young quarterback. He flat out said precision. And if we would have like been smarter – now, we did rule out uh, a couple of quarterbacks. We ruled out Anthony Richardson. Probably should have ruled out Will Levis because Will Levis is not precise. He's got a howitzer for an arm, but he's not accurate uh, with it at all. We should have known in that moment he was talking about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I mean, look, they're never going to tip their hand because we, we went through all the different exercises with both teams, with Carolina and with, with Houston in particular. But, I mean, look, if the dude knows what he wants, and, and I said myself, look, the best attribute that I heard about C.J. Stroud coming out was his touch, his ability to place the football you know, uh, in different spots and be able to really you know, put the ball where it needs to be placed. I, I wasn't sure of how good he was at that until I saw it live and saw him do what he did for a full season here. It was amazing, and and he's definitely a precision passer. So, you know, kudos to them, and especially, you know, I'm sure Bobby had quite a bit to say when they were in the draft room. But that's fantastic. Yeah, that was uh, it was it was cool to see that. Did you watch much of that with uh, with Stroud yesterday? Uh, I saw some of it. I was flipping back and forth. the The Celtics Laker game was not what I thought it was going to be, so I was flipping back and forth. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch. I don't think I watched any. Uh, you know what? You know actually, what I watched last night, I was watching uh, Wisconsin. In, um, yeah, they lost in overtime. Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the last five minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Wisconsin was up 19 in that game. They were up 15. Uh, 15. They, they had not lost the game, I forget how many years, went up 15-plus at the half until last night. Yeah, it's good good memory. Thanks. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the game. Not not the outcome that uh, that you were rooting for. I was pulling for the Badgers for you. They're having a good team. They're six in the country. They'll be fine. It's they'll, crazy they'll fine. that they're that high because they're not that good. But, yes. Three 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 eight says I can't believe he lost to Baker. Says, just, do you have a hot CJ Stroud take because he lost to Baker Mayfield in the precision passing competition? It was just interesting to me. You know, Slowick talking about preci- precision in the offense. We need a quarterback with precision, and then the guy who's good with precision was their pick at number two all along. Like from what I saw, and from how much we were like, there's nothing there that interests us, and all that could happen is the guy gets hurt. It was worse because I saw a couple of the competitions. I saw the precision passing. I saw the dodgeball. I saw highlights of the golf. And and maybe one and I'm like, no, 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 and no. And anybody that watches this, you know, in its entirety or the majority of it, you need to get a life because it was awful. 
And the only, like I said, the only reason why I flipped there a couple times was because the basketball game that I was expected to be was awful too. But I'm like, this is just, it's mind-boggling how people love football so much that this would be interesting. So who got who got crushed in that game? I have no idea. In the oh the the Lakers, Lakers sat, the Lakers sat both AD and LeBron and won, which was amazing to me in itself. Oh, they beat Boston. Yeah, but freaking Austin Powers went off. Yes, I know his name is Austin Reeves, and um, D'Lo, and 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 I'm like, how if you're Boston too? How are you supposed to be the best team in the East and you get you get crushed by the Lakers without AD and LeBron? <laughs> Yeah. At um, home, where they had only lost two games all year. I saw LeBron is going to get traded, rumor. No, Rich Paul kiboshed it. I know he did, but uh, just saying. The, guy, the guy's the guy been accurate in the past. Uh, but now that Rich Paul came out, I doubt that it's true. Uh, three 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 eight. I would not call you any of those things ever. Appreciate that, three 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 eight. Simpatico, you and I. Four two eight zero on the running back uh, conversation. No on Barkley. He's overrated. His teams always stink. That was Robert and Beaumont. He did go to the playoffs two years ago, and they beat Minnesota. Yeah, well, Danny Dimes was playing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing. Honey Glaze Branham. I watched CJ talking mad bad word to Baker. Watched that and changed the channel when they had the best catches of the year, and Puka was water skiing and catching footballs. That's weird. Uh, he was talking trash. I didn't catch this. Joe, did, did you see any of this? C.J. Stroud was talking trash to Baker? Yeah, he like, said well, it's a young man's league now to Baker. <laughs> Before he lost. I was going to say, there's no yeah. cuss words involved in it. Before he lost. <laughs> Why wouldn't there be cuss words? Because C.J. doesn't do all that. You don't think C.J. does that? I don't think he does. Uh, Ask Snoop Dogg. I'll bet you. Well, I'm not going to bet me, but Snoop Dogg was also talking about that. I feel like I've heard him cuss. Have you? Yeah, whether it was like a mic'd up thing or whether it was that little I can't like, recall ever hearing up him to cuss. the draft. 40, yeah, I watch more than you, though. Like the, the He did like a 45-minute video pre-draft thing where I feel like he might have. I definitely watched that more than me. Yep. <laughs> uh, they yeah, had both I mean, Rich Eisen. Of the Houston Texans. Rich Eisen had Snoop on, and, and, and he came up through um, – I could be wrong. Snoop's Little League Football League. And Snoop was talking about how, you know, what's really extra special about CJ is his character and the fact that he is, you know, he is dedicated to and a true believer in the Bible and the way he carries himself. And it's so he's so proud of the way he does things on a daily basis. And it's not just when he's on the field and all those things. I just feel like he's he, he's not he's not putting on an act. That's genuinely who he is and genuinely who he is. I could see him maybe in the locker room, obviously, with the guys that's and things like that. Yeah. 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 I'm not. Yeah. I, I believe the what you were saying. Yeah. Like That's that's 100 percent true. Um which is great. That's admirable. I love that about CJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. So we've been, we've been hearing a lot about the Astros ever since they signed Josh Hader that games are over after six innings, which is great. And I don't disagree that when you have a lead, more than likely the game's going to be over after six innings. But will they win the first six innings? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about my good friends at Allstate Siding and Windows because they are the best in the business. I know 
personally because of the fact they put new windows on my house. And when they did, it was Mike coming out. Mike and Mary and and the family have owned the business for almost 50 years, but the bottom line is they're still involved on a daily basis. Mary holds down the fort with everything in the office. Mike gets out there personally, comes to the house, tells you how they can help. It could be siding, but in this case for us, it was windows, and they did a phenomenal job. They explained how the vinyl windows are going to last with all of the different things that they're going to go through from the hurricane season here in Houston to all the tough summers and the occasional cold weather in the wintertime. They are going to keep your energy bills down, reducing it sometimes up to 40%. And on top of that, they are going to keep your house looking unbelievable. The, the, the facelift on the front of our house when they put those windows in was so noticeable and was so outstanding, it just added to why we were glad that we made this change. And they're, they're Houstonians. They love Houston sports. They love ESPN 97.5. And they're going to do whatever they can to help you. So, therefore, they are going to have all kinds of deals going on right now, like a window special, 30% off on all windows, and you get 24 months interest-free. They have discounts for senior citizens, first responders, and military. But you need to call them if you need anything with windows and siding or you're considering upgrading your biggest investment. In most people's case, that's a house. They can protect that house and upgrade the overall look and feel every time when they get to work on doing what they do best. Call them today, 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936, or look them up online, allstatewindowsandsiding.com. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's blank on Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. So the, uh, the the logic with the Astros ever since they signed Josh Hader is that games are over after six innings. I think that's a that's a fair thing to say. Like I, I also think that when you have the lead, I feel very comfortable going with a Brayu, Presley, Hader, in whatever order you want. I don't even really care what order you go. I feel comfortable you're going to get those last nine outs, come away with a victory. I think it's also enticing from the idea of of maybe it's a tie game after six innings and you can turn to those three guys. You give your offense a chance to win because they're probably going to put up some goose eggs. So that's good. Question, I think, becomes, what about those first six innings? Can you win those first six innings? And you have your starting rotation that I think it has a ton of upside but also thinks it has tons of questions. Can Justin Verlander go six innings to where you don't need somebody to bridge you to those last three guys? Uh, How much... Does Justin Verlander have left in the tank? Fromber Valdez, is he going to be second-half Fromber Valdez or first-half Fromber Valdez? Christian Javier, is Christian Javier going to find what was working? Hunter Brown, who got progressively worse each and every month, is he going to be able to do the opposite of that? Can France and Arcady give you the sixth? What does the rest of the bullpen look like that can try to bridge the gap uh, to the back end of the bullpen, and then your offense obviously comes into play too. So, yes, I feel good about the last three innings, and I feel like the game's over after six if you have the lead, but how confident are you the Astros have the lead after six? Well, so I would take the second part of that first because I, you're, it's a twofold proposition. You're right. It starts with the starting pitching in, in terms of getting you there, but it's also how much can your offense put up. And the fact that you take Martin Maldonado's basically zero offense for, for the totality of the season with, some, with, the, with the occasional home run and you add Yiner on a more full-time basis, I think that's a massive upgrade. I think that center field's going to be a question because, you know, Chaz would play sometimes there, but, you know, Jake got starts there too. So 
I, I would rather see Chaz in center field, but I, I know we've had that discussion. But I just think overall the offense, it, it, I don't see anybody taking a step back. Abreu couldn't have been much worse than he was early on, and then if you believe the back or you believe whatever happened, that, that the, the last part of the season he came on and he was more the guy we expected him to be. So I think that offensively this team can outscore and is capable of outscoring uh, 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 the majority of the teams that they're going to face getting to the sixth inning. I think they're going to put runs on the board. I think they're going to be a better offense than they were a year ago. And Altuve, hopefully not missing as much time as he missed, uh, would, would also help that equation. Bregman in a contract year, you know, obviously he's playing playing for cash. I expect him to have a good year. The starting pitching is what worries me. I, I, I think Verlander's going to – I don't worry about how many innings he can go. It's just how effective can he still be? Because last year he could have – teetered on if not for the Mets start of it you know he still had a chance to to, to get to you know 17 20 games uh, I think that Justin's arm is going to get you into the sixth inning now his effectiveness it's different than it was even his first go around with the Astros so there's a, there's a bit of a concern there and you're right with Fromber which Fromber are you going to get he's getting closer closer to trying to earn his keep for money we know he wants to chase a Cy Young I would believe Fromber and both Javier with some rest this offseason I think I expect them to be good enough to get you to the sixth. It's those last two starting positions, and if you go six deep, those last three starter, starting positions, I would genuinely be concerned about in terms of the Astros starters. Yeah, I agree with you about the offense. I think the offense has a chance to be top five in the league, and mm-hmm. I think the reason that they kind of struggled last year were more injury-related. Uh, you miss Jose Altuve, who's your spark plug for as many games as you missed him. Uh, that's going to hurt you. Uh, Jordan Alvarez missed 40 games. I think Altuve missed around 60. Yeah, he did. So, like, that's going to hurt you. Now, I kind of pencil in Jordan to miss 40 games every year because it kind of seems like that's about the average for Jordan. Remember, he missed a full season entirely. Uh, that's kind of rare for Altuve. Altuve doesn't really miss a ton of games, but he is getting older. Um, but the offense, like you're gonna, you're improving at catcher with Yiner Diaz. Like a lot of people are saying that you're dropping off with your outfield. That's not really the case. Like we we assume that Michael Brantley played all of these games when he really didn't. Mm-hmm. Like Chaz McCormick and Jake Myers were getting a lot of at bats in the outfield already, and you could make the case that there were some other outfield starts that shouldn't have been made. So I'm actually I actually feel really good about the offense. I, I expect Jeremy Pena to be better offensively. I actually think we saw signs of him being better offensively last year than he was in his rookie year he was striking out less he was getting on base more it's just the the power was gone for whatever reason now when I look at the rotation I don't really count on Javier being a six inning guy like I think that the Astros need to kind of make Javier a five inning guy now it depends on pitch count obviously Uh, but he struggles when he goes deeper into games than like a Fromber per se Mm -hmm. and I also think that they need to be looking at Hunter Brown a little closer than they did last year it was weird how Hunter Brown uh, got so much worse as the season progressed. It seemed like there was some fatigue there, and I know that they'd never really admitted to that, or they'd never come out and say that. But Hunter Brown pitched as many, like more innings than he's ever pitched in his career. His velo was going down, and his ERA, like month by month, got from better mm-hmm. to worse as the season was going. So it wouldn't bother me if they made Hunter Brown a guy who throws 85 pitches a game just to try to get him into the second half of the year. That's where I think that the like we put a lot of stock in the back three guys of the bullpen, which they are elite. They're all very good, best in baseball. I put those three against any three. They they do need people to step up in the bullpen. It's not as important because you have those other three guys, but 
You know, you need to find a guy who has a sub four ERA. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be lockdown, doesn't have to be nails. But if Rafael Montero can pitch to that three fifty ERA that he had in the second half of last year, uh, that would be critical. I don't need Forrest Whitley to be a, a, a one and a half ERA guy. If he can be a sub four ERA guy, that would be critical. Critical. Same thing with the Soza, Bennett Souza. Uh, same thing with the guy that they traded for, Dylan Coleman. Like if Dylan Coleman's going to take one of these jobs too, hey, be a sub four ERA guy. I don't need you to be knock like nails and lockdown. I just need you to be adequate. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that because, you know, it's actually when you were saying that too, I started thinking, how many guys fell off the second half of the season? Like, was this because it seems like all of them? Yeah, I mean, you think about, like you said, Hunter Brown did it, right? Well, we also know that Fromber did it. We also know that Maton did it. And Maton obviously did get a ton of work, but he was hyper effective in the first half of the season and then just fell off the planet as well. And there were a ton of guys on that pitching staff, when you think about it, way more than I had thought initially about guys that just fell off halfway through. So maybe it is like the version of load management where you're not going to use them as much. But absolutely, the first guy I thought about was, well, Montero's got to have somewhere meet me in the middle between two years ago and, and what he was able to figure out last season. That would be a great start, you know, because it would be great to have a guy like Graveman. But if he had Graveman, would they have gone out and get it, gotten Hater in the first place? I don't know. But there has to be a, some kind of cohesive mix where you get the next version of guys like Maton, guys like even Stanek when he was used, you know, guys that are capable of keeping, you know, teams from putting up crooked numbers for an inning or two. Yeah, yeah. I don't need I don't need guys to go crazy. Like you just have to be able to be big league average. That's that's it. And like I think you have some guys that are capable of doing that. Uh, Souza, I think, is capable. You know, Forrest Whitley, we haven't really seen him do anything in his entire other I liked what I saw Souza last year. Stuff. I would have loved yeah, to see Souza make the playoff roster just because I thought he, he was that guy you're talking about. He could get some guys out. Yeah, unfortunately, just not eligible because right. I agree with you. If he was eligible, I would have had him on my playoff roster. Uh, but you're not, you don't need these guys to be, you know – Ryan Presley, you need them to be Phil Maton, mm-hmm. like, and, and I, the, the bar is not as high as. Like, it's not a knock on Phil Maton. Phil Maton, uh, solid, he's still still is out there in free agency if he wanted to agree to a super cheap deal. Three 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 eight. Are we going? And one of the other things too is like, and we've kind of ridiculed Dana Brown a little bit when it comes to like signing all of these four A relievers. But whenever you have a collection of ten four A relievers and you need two or three to like jump out and be average. It increases the odds of two or three guys jumping out to be average. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of under the radar, maybe it can help your big league roster type of deal. It seems like Dana is pretty big on that, and, and I think that's why he traded for Cabbage, too. You know, like somebody that could fight for the job, upgrade the roster slightly, but if you upgrade it slightly, you're still upgrading it. Uh, three, 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 eight. Are we going to bring Stanick back? He was amazing at times. I think they're done. I think they're done, done. I definitely think they're done with the pitching staff. If they have one more move left in them, I still think they could potentially sign a major league baseball outfielder, mm-hmm. not like a minor league prospect cabbage type. It would really not a prospect, more of a four A guy that they're hoping can you know they can maximize his skill. Um, that's the only thing I think they could still do is, is sign an outfield bat. I think they're done, done though, and I, definitely done, done with the pitching staff. I, I definitely think it's a bat, and I, I would think that that's something that if he's willing, if Crane is willing to open up the checkbook with what he did with Hater, that I could see them considering. And again, everything matters on price, as I always say. But I, I think that if if Maton gives you a sweetheart deal, I think they Maton's the exact guy we're talking about too. And now your bullpen looks a hell of a lot better. But I would hope that for the sake of the lineup and Jordan's health, 
I would hope that they spend one more, just a little bit more, and they look at a major league outfielder. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd like that as well. Um, Ocho, he says that the uh, the Astros need plus bats like the Rangers to offset the lack of quality starting pitching. The Rangers do have a lack of starting caliber pitchers. Like Scherzer's going to be out for a while. Uh, Eovaldi is probably their best starter, but he's always hurt. Um, when Jordan is... Montgomery, they've been rumored to be you know maybe a front runner for Jordan Montgomery, but they've yet to sign Jordan Montgomery. So yeah, I, I, don't love, do I don't like the Rangers rotation. I, I think like late summer. Yeah, I thought earliest. I thought both Degrom and Scherzer are more like All Star break. Yeah, I think Scherzer's. I don't don't quote me on this, but I believe Scherzer is more likely to be back sooner than Degrom. Okay, from the way that I I understand it, one four eight three. All the players you said would be rested with no WBC. I hope that's what it was. I hope that's why Christian Javier was not that good uh, was because of the WBC. Now Fromber didn't pitch in the WBC. Uh, Luis Garcia did. He's out until the summer. And then Jose Urquidy, I think, did for Mexico. But, uh, yeah, I hope that's what it was with, with Christian Javier. Well, the good news, too, from a starting pitching perspective is when you get Garcia back, when you get Lance back, you're already getting two guys that are capable of being, like, your third or fourth starter. So you, you have the ability to get better as the season goes, too. But, yeah, starting the season is one I'd be most concerned about, getting it to the sixth inning with a lead. Yep. That's uh yeah exactly seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line one five zero nine I'm gonna miss Papa's gut feelings more than Correa's mound visits. That's a good question. What are you gonna miss more, Papa's gut feelings or Correa's mound visits? Uh, Papa's uh, I'm gonna miss Correa's mound visits because Papa's gut gut feelings drove me nuts. They both got you a title. Correa's yeah. mound visits got you one title, although he wasn't making as many mound visits in 17 as he was later in his career. And Papa's Gut Feelings got you one title. Papa's Gut Feelings got you a title after mm-hmm. Correa's mound visits. Well, my blood pressure tells me that if I use that as my analytics, that my blood pressure was boiling a lot more on Papa's Gut Feelings than they were on Jer- I mean, on uh, Correa's mound visits. I'm just going to go no <laughs> to that text. The answer is no. What are you going to miss more? Uh, who's in Dusty's lineup? No, well, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna turn that over to. I think I'm gonna say Espada though. I don't I don't want to put that on Joe. I don't want Joe to get some strays from that. I'm just gonna say what's wrong with Espada's lineups. But I'm mm-hmm. not gonna do it in spring training because that takes a psycho individual. That takes a sick person. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. As we do every Friday to wrap up the week, all of the very mean, heinous, nasty text tweets, Twitch comments. It doesn't happen on the YouTube, but all of the mean stuff you said through us throughout the week. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You all right? My leg is broken. The bolt's coming through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! You brick. Where's my fucking money? This is the car wreck of the day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com And every Friday, our Car Wreck of the Day are the mean things that you tell us throughout the week. Whether you tell it to us in the Twitch, uh, they're professionals in the ESPN Houston YouTube, so it doesn't happen there. Uh, You tell it to us through the text, you tell it to us through the tweet. Sometimes it's not about us. Usually, usually it is about us, but not all the time. Uh, Alex, Alex saying the car wreck of the day is Lance Zerline for voting for Brown's head coach as the coach of the year. Alex, we don't do that on on Fridays. We do mean text on Fridays, Alex. So maybe you might be a car wreck of the day nominee for Monday for Joe, since you're kind of talking out of turn. 
uh, there, Alex. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. If you want to throw some mean things, some I'll things never, I have I'll, I'll never nominate Alex. There yes, you, you will. You. There will be a time for all of us. King of Twitch, he's been chomping. Actually, it's champing. Isn't it champing at the bit the right way to say that? He said, just get to mean takes already. Uh, it's not mean takes. It's mean text, King of Twitch, you idiot. Um, we've, I've also noticed that a bunch of textures, I've noticed they've started to be a little meaner in their text, trying to get onto mean text. Mm. I've noticed a lot of the same people say mean things over and over, yet continue to listen to our show. So it tells me that they're trying to make mean text, which is perfect. It means that uh, they're trying to contribute to the show, which, yeah, it means that they're that means they're P1. They're engaged. They're listening yeah. all the time. They're yeah. engaged, and they're trying to contribute to the show. That is fantastic. It's exactly what we want. Um, th- let's start off with this one. This one's a, an entire show uh, text, I guess. He said, a year ago we had the wheelhouse. It would be nice to go back. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. I think I think that was one that was trying to make mean text. Well, this segment which, wouldn't exist. We'd be still talking about football. <laughs> which I think that's 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 what's cool about mean text is now you have people just trying to like text in, get on this list, this illustrious list. Uh, so this was one earlier today when we were talking basketball. I can't remember exactly when they were like what basketball we were talking, but uh, someone texted in and said, "Who cares this much about basketball?" Me. <laughs> I'm not going to run from that. I uh, I care that much about college basketball. Yes, I, I know. care about care about my Cougars. I care about the Rockets. I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm pumped up. I'm about to go to shoot around here in a couple minutes. Check out Allen Fieldhouse a little bit. It's going to be nice. Um, Will you be digitally posting? No, probably not. Why not? Probably. Show us some of the insights on Fog Field. I'll, I'll probably do that from game day. I won't do that during All right. uh, We try to listen, but Branham sounds like he gargles glass in his nasal passage. That guy right there is your your the, that what that emoji guy is to Pauly. It's the same well, guy all you know, the time. I, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think that he's intentionally saying these things in order to make it. Okay, well he made uh, it. Now he can quit because I think he's the no. Keep it up. All right, he's doing it to me, not to you. Still, I'm protective. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need your protection. I all appreciate right. it. Screw you. Hit him harder next week. There we go. There we go. Uh, this one's for you, Blankers. Mm. Do you go home and ever think that you did a good job? Yeah, never. No. Mm-mm. I can't imagine <laughs> one a, time that I did. No. That's a good line. <laughs> it's something that like I will use on if someone really pisses me off in the future. Like, <laughs> that's I, a great burn. I guess <laughs> like, one I think everyone should keep in their bag. You could use you just change the name. Like yeah. yeah, you should always have that in your arsenal. Like that's just a great one to have in the chamber, like, ever, loaded up, yeah. ready to go. Like if you have a problem with a salesperson, just be like, "Do you ever feel like you go home and look in the mirror and think to yourself, did you do a good job today?'" It's good. What's a good one to keep in the chamber? Yeah, I'm a fan of that one. Um, Branham's insight on sports is the equivalent of R. Kelly's moral compass. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's a. Are you gonna load that one in Woo-hoo! the chamber too, Joe? You gotta be in the appropriate know. setting. That yeah, that one. That one's for uh, uh, appropriate bit. audiences only. Tyler and Conroe says it's well. Tyler and Conroe says it's comping at the bit, no, not champing it at is the bit. Chomping anymore. at the bit. I think it. No, I think it is champing. I think it's champing. I'm pretty sure it's champing. Joe, do you have I a vote? I have no sure idea. Now. I think it's champing. 
Webster says it's champ at the bit. Like people, it's been misconstrued to where everybody thinks it's chomping at the bit, but it's really champing at the bit. Okay, but Any, I think that mo- most people say chomping at the bit. Yeah, most people are inaccurate. I agree. That's what I'm telling you. Champing at the bit, waiting in an impatient way to do something. Okay. That's from uh, from Webster's. It's just like the I could care less when it's really I couldn't care less. More people say I could care less than I couldn't care less, but it's really what about RBI care less. Well, that one had, there's a rule for that. There's an MLA rule and an AP rule, and I know the rule. I know you do. Yeah, I don't know how they're relevant. Well, because I know those. That's the one that gets under your skin. Seven three zero eight. King of Twitch is stupid, and he stinks, and his bad word stinks, and he sniffs his own bad word. All right, some of you guys are getting a little cheesy. Some of you guys are getting a little cheesy here. Honey Glaze Branham, that's because textures are better. We actually li- uh, have lives and have become more cynical. Mm. I mean, the Twitchers don't have jobs, so that is true. We're going to restart Tyler up and- that war between the textures and the Twitchers? I'm, I'm, I'm just the I'm just. I would enjoy that observing that one, yes. Tyler and Conroe Blankers looks like he wears Skechers shape-ups. Send us a picture, Tyler. I can return the favor. (laughs) Chomping at the bit like a race chomping on its bit on race day. I think it's champing, bro. Google it. Google.com. Pretty sure it's champing. Webster's Dictionary is telling me champing, not chomping. Um, Joe is a typical longhorn with terrible takes. Yeah, this idiot. A longhorn? Yeah. What an idiot. When I'm did, not a longhorn. Yeah, when it, how did that ever happen? I don't know. I mean, there's, there's some days that you're a cougar. There's some days you're an SMU Mustang. There's no, some days I'm not you're any a of Texas those Aggie. It depends Ooh. on what t shirt you're wearing that day. Now, you do wear the SMU. I wore, like, wore it I wore like once. No, a couple you've times. Worn, you've worn an SMU t shirt and yeah. you've worn a Houston t shirt. Well, the, the kooks give lots of nice free stuff, so I like to do that. And I like to support my friends that are kooks. Well, who do you know that's an SMU? I don't really know how I got that T-shirt. To I thought you told like, us the last when we questioned it the first time. I think it was, I think it was my time. brother-in-law's, and I took it. I think you what said something about here, that, yeah. What I'm learning here, if it's free, Joe will take three. Yes. Uh, He's not alone. Sure. He's not alone. I'm in on that game. Three ninety nine. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh, Aggie Matt, love how John and Dell say blankers is sensitive, and then you prove them right. Yep, and I said I was, Aggie Matt, but I also wasn't a coward and took shots at me at other shows. I would do it in the show that they're what in. What happened? Uh, who, who, somebody else took shots at you? Aggie Matt was the one we used last week where they said, Beard, something about Beard knows so little about this. It's like Blanker's talking anything but basketball. And he signed it, Aggie Matt. So I went, Aggie Matt, I don't know if I should say anything because I don't know anything about football, according to you. And that's when he sent that text. But his cowardly ass sent his shot at me in, in the in Beard show, not in our show, where he had some grapes and could stand by him. I would rather listen to Juggalo, Trey, and Gilbert than listen to the show before, y'all. Oh, oh God. I didn't say it. <laughs> you kind of did, but you didn't Just have the to. It doesn't matter who said it. I can make that happen. <laughs> Not from 12 to 3, but on like a Saturday, Gilbert and Trey show. Uh... Good luck with the producer who takes <laughs> that gig. See whoever pisses me off the most. All right. That does it for Mean Text. If you didn't make the cut, you got to be a little bit meaner next week does it for us thanks to joe for doing all the hard work he's blank i'm branham joe you're up next right uh no no producer today so oh joe good work good work the full week good work the full week all right thanks to joe for doing all the hard work he's blank i'm branham we'll talk to you on monday houston have a great week go